Don't miss out on the latest news and events in your community. Visit StarLocalMedia.com today. Sign up for our newsletter and stay informed on all the latest stories affecting your neighborhood. And if you're a local business owner, let us help you reach your target audience with our effective advertising solutions. Visit StarLocalMedia.com and take the first step towards staying connected to your community. Welcome to another episode of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast. My name is Matt Welch, being joined by Devin Hassan and Chris Jackson. Uh, gentlemen, just so the uh, the viewers can verify that you are, in fact, on this uh, on this Zoom call as we're, uh, as we're recording it, uh, say hello. Yes, hello from my garage. Hello. <laughs> hello from my kitchen table. How are y'all doing? <laughs> So, um, so yes, this is our uh, our third quarantined episode. Um, I don't know how many more of these we'll have. I think we should have a return to normalcy as far as the actual workplace goes in the not too distant future. Um, but until then, yes, this is a uh, this is the hand that we've been dealt. Is yes, we are, I'm recording from my bed. Devin is in his his garage, and Chris is in front of all his uh, Golden State Warriors championship memorabilia. Um, so yes, um, last week we uh, we debuted our um, our sports year interview series, just going back and recapping the uh, the abbreviated athletics year for um, all of our markets. You know, we knocked out Plano, Rowlett, and Lake City. So if you you know care about us, uh, you know, offering up takes on how the uh, the athletic years went for those markets, check that episode out. Uh, today we've got three more that we're going to discuss. We're going to talk some Carrollton, some Capel, and some Mesquite. So um, I waste time, guys. Let's just jump right in. Chris, let's talk Capel, traditionally one of the more well-rounded overall athletic programs in our coverage area. Um, yeah, I mean, it's usually uh, kind of springtime is kind of a nice time to shine for Capel, especially when it gets into, you know, soccer season and baseball and whatnot. So um, obviously did not get that, uh, obviously did not get to see that happen this year because of the, uh, the pandemic and whatnot. So um, nevertheless, though, from the, uh, the, what we do know about what happened with Capel Athletics, just what, um, what kind of jumped off the page to you, Chris, when you were thinking back on this? So you look back and I think you hit the nail on the head. Very well-rounded. Obviously, the winter sports, you look at it, basketball, boys basketball especially had a great year. They just got that tough throw on the second round of the playoffs where they got to play the number 11 team in the state. But then soccer's too. I mean, you just got to be feeling for those teams right now because girls soccer was rated as one of the best teams in the country. Their chances at the postseason are cut short. Girls like Lauren Collette. Haley Roberson can't finish their high school careers like they wanted to. You know, the boys' soccer won six straight games. They were out of the playoffs. It looked like they were going to kind of end that streak of 22 straight playoff runs at 22. They're way out of the playoff picture. They get hot. They make a few changes. They win six straight. They jump into second place in that district. And I think if the season would have kept going, I don't think anybody would have wanted to play that boys' soccer team at Coppell. Baseball was just starting to kind of find a rhythm under Ryan Howard the previous head coach at Lake Dallas. They had won three in a row before the break. The same with softball under Mike Dyson this year. They were really hitting their stride before that break as well. They won three in a row. So there's just pretty much every Coppell program you can think of, there was that feeling of what could we have done, you know, because there were state titles probably on most people's minds. And then you go to track. They had some kids break school records. You had a freshman. Obviously, she still got a few more years to break a national record. You got one freshman girl, Skylar Schuler. 13-foot pole vaulter as a freshman in high school. It's kind of ridiculous. She's getting close to the national 
So I, I was I was hoping to see some kinds of records, some kind of state need wins in her future this year, but I guess she'll have to wait another year, but I'm sure that we'll see someone like her claim the throne in the state pretty soon. Yeah, I was curious to see how baseball season was going to go for Capel. Just thinking of what they've, uh, what that program traditionally has. I mean, that's a, uh, you know, they've usually got a, uh, you know, one of the deeper, more talented lineups that you'll find in the, uh, in the area. And just looking back over their their playoff history, that was kind of the thing. Is they always were a team that was, you know, they entered the year with a, you know, basically with state tournament or bust expectations. They had only been past the third round of the playoffs one time since 2007. Um, you know, so if you know, with uh, you know, with them bringing in Ryan Howard from Lake Dallas and a chance to you know, kind of usher in a kind of a new era of Capel baseball, we wanted to see if just the odds are that they could have you know maybe built off of the uh, you know kind of the talent that that program traditionally has a bit more than they had in the past. Um, and yes, with um with the soccer's, I mean, yeah, you're always you know you know you're always you know feeling feeling bad for the uh, especially with just how how talented that district was and how it felt like any team in that district could have gotten hot at the right time in the playoffs with as many uh, as closely contested as all those matches were as far as things kind of from the first half before you got here chris that i had jotted down um you know with the volleyball team they've actually got one of the more impressive playoff streaks um just in the entire state right now they qualified for the postseason for the 21st consecutive season this year um you know they made it in as a four seed though which means you're going to draw a district champion and in this case, that district champion wound up being the eventual state champion and the number one ranked team in the nation, Trophy Club Byron Nelson. So that went about as one might expect, um, you know. But uh, you know, but then you have over with football. I mean, they did have a bit of a uh, you know a bit of a rough go in football. Um, just the playoffs are just the second time since 2007. Um, just the collective strength of Louisville ISD was just a little bit too much there, you know. And then you look at some of the close losses they had in district. You know, an eight point loss to Hebron. They took the eventual district champion Mark to double overtime lost that one by eight points as well oddly enough like probably one of the most like notable moments from that that season though was them pushing allen right down to the wire and albeit a shorthanded allen team they were missing their uh, you know their quarterback Raylan sharp for that game their uh, their non-district finale but that was a game that was tied heading into the final couple minutes allen got a late touchdown i believe from jordan johnson and they ended up winning that game just 28-21 um so capella which ironically enough was the last team to defeat Allen in the regular season all the way back in 2012. Um, you know, could have been a very nice, uh, nice sense of uh, going full circle there of sorts. Um, you know, but that was uh, at least some of the, uh, of the notable moments from Capel season. And then you had the, uh, the girls cross country team, which had won a state championship the year before they ended up taking fourth overall. So, um, you know, again, the, uh, just the, uh, the consistency, you know, with, uh, in some respects for Capel, but yes, when you get to the, uh, you know, those programs in the, uh, in the spring and whatnot, that's kind of, that's really where that program kind of ramps its game up a level. So shame to see that they were, you know, kind of denied that opportunity. Um, let's see, Devin, we can talk a little bit of Mesquite. So, um, yeah, kind of on that, uh, on that same note, obviously, when you look back at the year that was, whether it was the, uh, the 6A schools in Mesquite ISD or the 5A level, what was kind of the first thing that jumped to mind as far as kind of the highlight moments of the school year that was for Mesquite? Well, you know, and I'm going to kind of break this into what was finished off and then what kind of lied ahead. Um, it was one of those years, especially in the fall, where the Mesquite ISD program just kind of overshadowed, uh, so to speak, just because of some of their district mates. I mean, in football, you know, Rockwall had that incredible season where they make it to the state semifinals. Um, you know, Longview's always going to garner its share of attention. McKinney North was having a record-breaking year at 7-5A Division One. So while there were some good moments, I mean, Mesquite had a nice season. Mesquite was a fun team to watch. 
uh, with Dylan Hiller McGill at quarterback, Ladarius Turner at running back, and Darian Smith on the outside. Um, they thumped Colleen Shoemaker in that first round, 52-6, to six, uh, for their first playoff win since 2012. Uh, but the road came to the end, an end in the next round against Prosper, so it didn't open a lot of eyes around the state. It was a nice local story. You know, same with Poteet. You know, I think Poteet kind of wonders what might have been if Seth McGowan had been healthy all year long. Uh, you know, they're outstanding running back. It's signed with Oklahoma. But uh, they made it back to the playoffs. But again, they go out in the first round. So it just didn't generate a lot of a lot of buzz. You know, Horn had its 11-year uh, streak of playoff appearances snapped. Uh, Sunnyvale had a nice little run. They went three, three rounds deep before losing to Pleasant Grove. Um, no shame in that. Pleasant Grove won every game by at least two touchdowns on his way to the, to the state championship. Um, you know, but it's, it's crazy to, to think about now, but Jeff Fleener is Elbert Mesquite is the dean of Mesquite ISD football coaches now. <laughs> You've had so much turnover here, and he's been there since 2017. He's going into his fourth year. But they've had so much turnover with Poteet and Horn breaking in new football coaches uh, this past year, and, and obviously West Mesquite, uh, you know, hiring Frank Sandoval in the offseason. So, you know, it's – it takes a while to get those systems into place. I think you saw it with the kind of gradual turnaround uh, that Coach Flinders has been able to do with Mesquite, where they started off really, really tough, but then we're a playoff team this past year. Um, so really interesting to see what those programs do in the future. Once you've got a couple, you know, your own freshman class under your belt and the, you know, your system in place. Um, but, you know, volleyball is kind of a, a similar story. Uh, you know, Corn made it for the seventh straight year. Um, you know, Poteet was back in the playoffs. But, again, you're kind of overshadowed there by the two Rockball programs and the two Forney programs um, who are just they're, – they're good across the board. Um, you know, moving into basketball, I thought basketball was one of the, the best stories locally. Uh, and that was the Horn boys. Um, they – you know, he comes out of the final day of the regular season. They have to play Rockball, a traditionally tough program. And Horn is able to win um, first – outright district championship in school history. And that's a that's a team that's a program that's had some good talent, some NBA talent, if you go back to even when Quincy Acey was playing uh, back there. But they never were able to um, to win a district title. In fact, they hadn't had a lot of success in the playoffs. They advanced to the third round this year. That's only that's the first time since 2009 and just the second time ever. So, you know, the Horn Boys basketball team uh, was certainly one of the bright spots uh, in terms of uh, – hoop season um you know horn made it for the 18th year in a row i mean that's no small achievement uh but they did lose in the first round uh they got some really talented players coming back with jasmine shavers and vncia jackson so they'll be well equipped to make that 19 in a row next year and then in 13 5 day uh when you talk basketball and you're in the same district as lancaster that's kind of where the conversation <laughs> begins and unfortunately sometimes ends um Poteet and and, and West Mesquite were able to make the boys basketball playoffs you know for the first time uh, both in the same season since 2016 uh but lost in the first round you know same same thing with Poteet girls um and then the Sunnyvale girls are, you know, a, a team that's uh, a former state champion, a recent state champion. Uh, you know, they, they made it to the playoffs for the 10th year in a row, fourth district title in a row, you know, made it to the third round. It's not their ultimate goal, but it was still a nice season. So then um, I kind of, if you look at kind of, I guess, going forward, though, I guess as far as the spring sports are concerned, like what do you feel like yeah. MISD could have been capable of? This? Yeah, that's um, – you know, and soccer in particular, since we just really didn't have a feel for what was going to happen, you know, baseball, softball and whatnot. Um, you know, there were some nice stories. Uh, you know, Mesquite was one point up on Longview in boys, 11-6-8 boys soccer heading into the final week. Um, 
you know, Potitary clinched in, in the girls, uh, 24 years in a row for them. That's a Mesquite IC record for any sport. Uh, the Poteet boys were in it. Uh, West Mesquite girls had a chance to, to, to make it for the first time since 2013. They were right there in the hunt. But I think the one team that jumps out is the West Mesquite boys. I mean, you know, there's times when we'll be covering a, a team, you know, especially when we jump so late into the mix in soccer. And then you start looking, you got, boy, this is a, this is a solid little team. And then you, you kind of look at the roster and go, wow, these kids are all sophomores and they're all, all juniors. And that's kind of what I saw last, you know, two years ago with the West Mesquite boys, um, you know, a, a program that they had a relatively new coach in Jeremiah Villarreal. But uh, you look at the all district team last year, they had 10 players named to the first team and nine of those were coming back. That was including Carlos Lara, the MVP, Junior Saavedra, offensive player of the year, one of the best scorers in the area. Uh, you know, Edgar Lopez and Jarius Robledo uh, were both uh, superlative award winners in the midfield. And, um, you know, this was a West Mesquite team that was living up to the hype. I mean, they were ranked number four in the Tasco Region 2 poll. Now, granted, when you're talking, you know, Region 2 soccer, you've got the Frisco groups to, to contend with, and that certainly was going to be an easy path through the playoffs. But I do think this West Mesquite team had the potential to go on a really, really strong run. And, you know, it's not exactly a hotbed for, you know, soccer talent in terms of success winning state championships, but they have had their teams over the years. Poteet's been able to make a couple of runs, and I really think West Mesquite had that in the cards for them. Uh, really disappointed that he didn't have a chance to play it out on the field. That was kind of where I landed when I was thinking back um, for Carrollton, at least as far as teams that could have been capable of doing some really, really strong things in the postseason. Um, I'll get to that in a bit, though, just as far as kind of an overview, though, on what happened in Carrollton athletics uh, for the school year that was, um, you know, obviously, you know, for over the years, it's always been about Heber and Heber and Heber. You know, Heber is about yes. as credentialed an athletic program as it gets out of, uh, out of that city. They are actually one of the few schools last year that made the playoffs in all eight bracket sports including nine if you want to extend that to team tennis. I mean, Hebron is just oozes consistency year in, year out. Um, you know, you did see some of that again, you know, this year. Um, they did have that playoff streak snap, though. The boys basketball team did, uh, did not make the tournament, but you did have playoff appearances in volleyball, football, girls basketball. Um, neither of those teams advanced out of the first round, however. Um, but that was obviously, a, you know, sometimes a symptom of where you were seated and who you were seated against. Football team ran up against Denton Geyer, who winds up being the runner-up, the state runner-up, and 6A Division II, um, you know, the girls' basketball team runs into Geyer, who was ranked top 10 in the state at the time. Volleyball team, I believe they ran into Geyer as well. Um, that Geyer team went on to be, uh, uh, I guess, uh, they advanced all the way to the regional finals. So, I mean, getting bounced by some pretty uh, some pretty elite competition. Um, but then you look at the year for Carrollton Farmers Branch ISD, and, um, you know, football was what it was and whatnot. But beyond that, um, you know, actually a pretty a pretty solid year on the whole for CFB ISD. Uh, you know, Creekview Volleyball made the playoffs, as did R.L. Turner. They both went two rounds deep. Um, Newman Smith, we'll get to them, you know, in a little bit. But obviously their boys' basketball team had its best season ever. Um, you know, the Creekview girls' basketball team made the playoffs. Um, Newman Smith's girls' basketball team made the playoffs and made the second round. Um, you know, so – and then that's all to lead up to, I guess, the uh, kind of the MVP, so to speak, of this year. It was not the undefeated regular season, uh, you know, Newman Smith boys basketball team. It was drum roll. The Creekview wrestling team 
Right. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the Creekview wrestling team, they had their best ever finish at state. They, their other boys team placed third overall. Um, you know, even before this season, they had never so much as had multiple kids make it to the championship match in a single year. They had three kids accomplish that feat, um, you know, this season, and they had two of them wind up winning state championships. Um, you know, Conrad Hendrickson, just a sophomore, Mason Ding, a junior, they ended up winning state titles. Then you had Kobe Eichenhorst. He was a runner-up in his weight class. Um, you know, so yes, I mean, uh, Creekview just um, every every conceivable accolade that um, you know they uh, they just shattered the history books as far as their wrestling program went this year had their best season ever. It was actually a solid overall state meet for CFBISD in general. Uh, Newman Smith and Earl Turner each had a wrestler crack the top five on the whole for that meet. So yes, I mean, wrestling of all of all sports you know, uh, was the uh, yes was the uh, was the, uh, the the knight in shining armor for CFBISD this year. Um, but obviously, then yes, you know, you look at um, some of the other mo- uh, notable moments and Carrollton Athletics. Obviously, that Newman Smith boys basketball team, though, was pretty uh, pretty memorable in its own right. Just to be uh, to go undefeated in the regular season, they went 27-0 prior to the playoffs. One of, I believe, only maybe I think three or four boys basketball teams in the entire state, they were able to complete a perfect regular season. Um, you know, they were able to extend that record to 29-0 before running into uh, – a pretty uh, a pretty surging Kimball squad, which in you know Kimball's firepower certainly shined there in that uh, in that regional quarterfinal, you know. But it was uh, it was Newman Smith's first three round playoff run since 2006, which matched the deepest run in program history. And just the way that that team conducted its business, I mean, they averaged more than 80 points per game, which that's really high for the high school level. They had four games of at least 100 points scored. Their average margin of victory across those 29 victories right around 27 points. So, I mean, a lot of times, I mean, they were just absolutely laying waste to teams, you know, whether it was, you know, the, the district MVP, Jaron Cook, you know, their star big man, uh, Damani Villarreal, who actually just committed to Southwest Assemblies of God last week to continue his uh, his basketball career in college. You had Tebow Tagnon, who was, um, you know, took a, uh, you know, who had a bit of an injury to work through at the start of the year and accepted the role of sixth man for that team, wound up being our all-area all, all, all area sixth man of the year, had a spectacular season. He was the third leading scorer, third in minutes on the team. So really just a sixth man in title only, kind of like Manu Ginobili with the Spurs was, I think, what I likened it to in my uh, in my all-area capsule. You know, you had Bobby Smith, who had a huge year for them. Such a, such a deep team. Hands down the best team in program history there. So, um, so yes, yeah, Newman Smith boys basketball, spectacular season in uh, you know, in hindsight. And then as far as the spring sports went, kind of what could have been, there were two teams that jumped out to me and they were both soccer related. Um, you know, so we talked about kind of in the, in the same vein as, uh, as Capel, as far as if you made the playoffs out of 6-6-A, you had a decent shot at making some noise in the postseason. Just weasel if you just weave your way past that first round and that matchup with whoever you got from five six eight because that was a really quality division too. Um, you know, but you look at especially on the girls side and the Hebron girls are my first, uh, you know, my first team of uh, of note. You know, with Flower Mound, even though Flower Mound had run away with the district title, you know, and then you had Marcus Capel Hebron. They had all clinched playoff spots and we're all within a pretty a uh, pretty comparable distance of each other. I believe when the season ended, uh, Hebron was tied for tied for third place with Capel, but um, you know, but Hebron um was one of those teams that was able to strike a draw with Flower Mound in the second half of the district. Um, and then you just you just saw based on just kind of the uh, 
just the comparable scores between those top four teams that there really wasn't a whole lot separating any of them. And that, especially when you get to the playoffs and, you know, you start bringing in shootouts into the equation and whatnot, and all of a sudden you can't play for, you know, for ties anymore, how you could have seen a number of upsets spring. And, you know, Hebron's a team that has certainly had a, a pretty credential soccer soccer tradition in the past and who knows if they could have gotten hot and gone on one of those runs to the regional tournament and whatnot and um the same thing with oddly enough rl turner i mean that's um again their soccer program has been one of the more consistent among cfbisd um they were they were in line to make the playoffs for a fourth consecutive year um you know they had uh, they closed the season i believe let's see what i have it written down they um let's see they lost only one of their final eight matches um you know they were ranked in the top 10 of their region by tasco um, which is no small feat, again, considering the number of Frisco schools that also <laughs> occupy that region. So, I mean, yeah, that's a program that's coming off its second deepest playoff run ever last season. They went to the third round and were in position to potentially make some more noise this postseason. So, um, yeah, those were two teams that uh, that jumped out as far as ones that potentially could have really, really, uh, you know, gone on to do some special things this postseason if, um, you know, if they had, in fact, been given the chance to do so. Um, let's see, though, as far as stuff um, in Carrollton, though, that's just about it as far as Jefferson. Like I said, pretty strong overall year, though, for CFBISD. And they're transitioning as far as the other uh, non-football sports um into a pretty favorable district going forward so again we could uh, you know could just be getting started as far as a nice little uh, brief resurgence there for cfbisd who's often been you know the uh, at the brunt of being in a pretty pretty tough district um of their own um let's see uh, before we get out of here i did want to just check and see from you guys um you know this was the first weekend um as part of kind of the gradual reopening of, uh, of texas as far as restaurants and the like kind of being eased back. Did you guys take advantage of any of that this past weekend, or did you just kind of maintain this quarantine lifestyle that we've all been so acclimated to for the past six weeks? I, I got out more to explore, more, more as a curiosity thing than anything else. Um, you got to remember we have four kids here. Um, and so it makes things difficult to get a table anyway when there's no restrictions. So we didn't want, uh, you know, didn't really know how it's going to be handled. Um, I, you know, popped into a couple chains, uh, popped into a couple local places. Uh, you know, I don't think it didn't seem like that many people were taking advantage of that. Now going to the parks and driving by some of these, I mean, there's pickup basketball games going on at every park around that I drove by. Wow. Uh, yeah, I know, which is, you know, direct defiance i guess of what you're supposed to be doing but um i mean a lot of people out just taking walks uh playing disc golf um you know just at, just getting outside and granted it helped it was a beautiful weekend but um more so because i drive by pretty much every day on a lot of these places uh you know again most of the restaurants it seemed like to me were still taking it very very cautious in terms of most of them were even opening their dining room i know some did but um yeah i don't know how about y'all i mean it I think here maybe it's a little bit different. I think people still here, I haven't seen as many people go out. I think today was probably the first day when I was just walking outside where I saw a couple more people outside, but restaurants, I think kind of what Devin said, people are still being cautious. I'm still going to be cautious with that until I know that these steps are going to work. Cause honestly, I have, I have no idea. I'm no expert. So I just want to find out from them that it will be good. But Whataburger has been offering curbside pickup and Whataburger is like a mile from here. So I got the curbside pickup there you know, fin finesse my way to avoid that hour drive through line and waited two minutes for curbside pickup. So, and if anyone wants Whataburger for that, do that. But other than that, still probably quarantine until I know it's safer. I'm not going to just go out and play pickup basketball right now. I don't think that's what I should be doing. But give me another month and I might have to be playing basketball because I might go a little stir crazy inside. But 
did Chris had you um had you had you tried Whataburger at all prior to moving here because I know you've only been in Texas for just a few months so okay so when I was in Laredo we had Whataburger was probably 500 feet from my apartment so I could pretty much go there anytime I wanted there you go of course now the mile drive here instead of the 500 feet in Laredo is a long drive to get Whataburger but I'd been in Texas before for West Virginia games playing down here covering those in college so I've been to Whataburger before but now I have it on a consistent basis and yeah, it's 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 pretty special. You eat, I had that sweet and spi- spicy bacon burger on Texas toast on Friday. Got that Dr Pepper shake with it. That that was good. All right, so you're a West Coast guy, so I think you know where this is headed. Where do you oh, stand I, on the uh, on I, the you know, Whataburger I, debate? I I know where this is going. I'm going to be honest with you. Texas In and Outs are not good. Okay. They're honestly though, at least the one here, they're not putting the same care into it. They don't really care. The California ones, they put a lot of care into it, kind of like tech, Texas with Whataburger puts a lot of care into it. Like, I've been to Oklahoma City. The Whataburger there was good, but it pales in comparison to the ones here. Whataburger's got more diversity on the menu, and obviously I love Texas toast. You give me Texas toast with anything, I will devour that. But in and outs quality is just so good. And, I, and you know, it's I'm a California guy. I feel like I can't go against In-N-Out, but I live in Texas now, and I feel like I can't go against Whataburger. So I'm kind of in two worlds right now with that. But I, I'm Whataburger's starting to take control, I'm going to be honest with you. Give it time. Yeah, it, it's getting more ugly. <laughs> um, let's see. On uh, on my end, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to lie. Like, I'm, I'm, not even a, I'm not even someone who gets out a ton to begin with. And, you know, especially given how, you know, sensitive a lot of this still is. I mean, I was in no rush to, you know, to get out and sit in a restaurant and do anything of that sort. I mean, I'm perfectly content, you know, just a nice weekend indoors, being, being lazy and whatnot, which is as grueling as this job can be each week for us. Um, you know, so nevertheless, though, I am curious, though, what you did mention, though, Devin, about the pickup basketball games, because that's, I've decided that's how long I'm keeping this going until the next time I can set foot on a basketball court and play an actual pickup game. I'm keeping the I'm keeping my quarantine beard going at least until that long, and we'll see. Who knows? Maybe longer. See how long it gets. Um, but no. <laughs> it, it gets it gets hot. Trust me, as someone who's grown a beard out before in the summer, it gets hot. <laughs> Good morning. It's already hot, and I do, I don't haven't even shaved this very often. But I'm still finding uh, like there's still a a park that is actually you know that is out in the, in the farmer's branch area that I am swinging by you know every few days or so. Again, it's not a busy one or anything. So as far as the basketball courts there, no, but maybe one person might be there. But just so again, so I can get some shots up and just try to stay somewhat active and whatnot during this, because because yeah, like I. You know, I know, I guess what the, uh, I guess the next phase of this is they're supposed to incorporate gyms into this and, but that'll, you know, be with, you know, you'll have to maintain social distancing and whatnot. So naturally, like, you're not going to be able to play pickup basketball or anything like that in gym. Now, here's my question with the gyms reopening, too, because obviously you got to maintain the social distancing, you got to clean up the machines, but you also got to make sure people are cleaning up those plates, like the 45 pound plates, because I've I've seen people clean machines all the time, but I don't think I've ever seen one person ever clean a weight. No, me neither. We got to make sure now people do that too, because that's not a habit. Even for some people, it was a habit to clean machines, but it was never a habit to clean a weight. Yeah, usually I, I just I, I kind of bypass the weight room and just head right to the basketball courts. And I can't imagine, though, I guess how long after um, yeah I guess after gyms open up when they'll finally lift the uh, lift the restrictions to where people will even feel comfortable doing something like that. I'm I'm not surprised that Devin, like you said, people are already you know, getting stir crazy and out there playing, uh, you know, playing pickup basketball games and whatnot. But 
but yes, that's ultimately the finish line for, for this quarantine for me as far as any sort of a leisurely activities go and whatnot. But um, otherwise, and, and, yeah, and that's been, why um, that's why you talk, call some of your uh, local uh, basketball coaches that you cover and say, "Hey, coach, if you're ever swinging by the office to get some get some stuff taken care of, if you want to leave the, jo- the door open, I'm gonna go in and shoot for a couple hours while you do your business, and uh, you'll have the whole gym to yourself." It wouldn't be a bad idea, actually. I could use a nice little <laughs> air-conditioned gym to shoot around in versus the beating 8 a.m. sun. Uh, let's see. All right, yeah. So just, yeah, curious how you guys are kind of acclimating as we as we slowly inch our way back towards uh, towards normalcy. But, um, but yes, another episode where we play uh, play uh, the look-back game as far as talking about the year that uh, that was for, um, for a handful of our markets. We have, I believe, eight left, so these next couple episodes we'll touch on four markets. And, yes, we'll pick up uh, around the same time next week, and we'll, um, yeah, we'll be back with another episode of the Star Little Media High School Sports Podcast. Uh, Chris, Devin, I appreciate you guys for tagging along. Mm -hmm. You enjoy the rest of your day, enjoy the rest of your week, and we will talk to you all later. Looking to hire top talent in your community? Look no further than StarLocalJobs.com. Our platform is specifically designed to connect local employers with qualified candidates in their area. With StarLocalJobs.com, you can easily post job listings tailored to your specific needs and requirements. Our platform is user-friendly and offers a wide range of options to help you find the perfect candidate for your open position. Plus, our job matching algorithm ensures that your listing is shown to the most relevant job seekers in your area. But that's not all, StarLocalJobs.com also offers a variety of resources to help you throughout the hiring process. From candidate screening to interview tips, our team of experts is dedicated to helping you find the right fit for your company. So why wait? Join the thousands of satisfied employers who have found their ideal candidate through StarLocalJobs.com. Post your job listing today and start building your dream team.